If you've ever thought about starting a podcast, but you're hesitating because you don't really know how it will serve your business, or maybe you're in the planning stages and you want some heads up of things that you should look out for, this episode is going to be so useful for you. I invited Sarah Whitaker, who hosts Podcasting for Educators, and we unpacked how to get started, the technology that you need, how to decide whether it will be beneficial for your business, and much, much more. I hope you enjoy listening. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. Hi, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me on the show. My name is Sarah, and I'm a former elementary school teacher. So I taught first grade and second grade, and then I was an ELL teacher my last year. And then I really wanted the flexibility to be able to work from home so I could be home with my daughter. And so now I am a podcast manager and podcast strategist. My business is called Podcasting for Educators. So we help educational podcasters launch their podcasts, manage their podcasts, and grow their podcasts so that they can use it as a marketing tool for their business. Oh, thank you, Sarah. That's, do you know what? It's so refreshing to hear somebody talk about how they left teaching to be something other than maybe a tutor. I mean, what, what brought you to podcasting? Why was that a natural choice for you? Yeah. So I actually started as a virtual assistant and I was kind of working with like all types of online business owners. And then one of my clients, (laughs) this is like very meta, but one of my clients taught people how to become podcast managers. And I was a huge podcast listener. I love podcasts. And what I really loved about podcast management is that there's so many details that go into it. And it's a very creative process, but at the same time, it's a very routine process. I loved that there were these repeatable tasks that I could do and that I could help my clients with. And so I learned all about how to actually produce podcasts, how to edit, how to write show notes, all of that. And then I actually got a client for podcasting who is a TPT seller, Teachers Pay Teachers, if anybody's not familiar with that. And she is somebody who supports teachers. And so she wanted to start a podcast and I helped her do that. And then that kind of led me to rebrand my business into what it is now, podcasting for educators, because I thought, how cool is this? I can do podcasting, but I can also still be in the education space and still be supporting teachers just in a different way. I love that. Thank you for sharing your story. It's it's so refreshing, actually. And in your opinion, what are some of the key benefits for starting a podcast for your education business? And I think that's an important question because there are actually very few in our niche. And yet, I think they're pretty useful. 
Yeah, me too. I couldn't agree more. And we were talking about this before we jumped on, but like you just said, there really is so much opportunity for educators to start podcasts. There's really not that many out there, especially in the tutoring world. So this is a really good opportunity for you to kind of stand out in your niche in a different way. You know, it's different than social media. It's different than email marketing. Um, What I love the most about podcasting and what I really think sets it apart is that you're giving your audience the opportunity to learn from you on the go, whatever they're doing in their life, whether they're in the shower, they're on a walk, they're in their car, they're folding laundry, all of these bite-sized pieces of their day, you can be in their ear. And as a result, you kind of you get built into their daily routine, which is really cool and really unique from any other platform. And when they're listening to you in this way, it really is just a natural trust builder over time. If they're tuning in and listening to your show week after week, they're getting to know you, they are trusting you, and you're really able to meet everybody in your audience where they are. So if you think about like your overall business funnel, you know, at the top, you've got people who are just learning about you. They're just becoming aware of who you are, what your business is, what you offer, how you can help them. And then you're also meeting anybody who's who might be ready to join your email list or to buy from you eventually and have you support them in a different way. So you're really meeting the needs of all of these people um, by putting out your podcast. And I mean, there's I could go on about this all day, but I will touch on one other like really big thing that I think is special about podcasting, and that is that it it gives you this long form content now, so you can sit down and you can record a podcast episode, and now you have all this content that you can use on social media for the entire week. You can pick out these bite-sized pieces of your episodes and you can create social media content from it. You can use it for maybe if you put out a weekly newsletter to your audience, you can use the content from your episodes for that. There's so many ways that you can repurpose this content and just make the rest of your planning for all of these other pieces of your business a lot easier. I'm really glad you mentioned repurposing, actually, because I think it's probably one of the most underused strategies when people are trying to generate content. And whether you write a blog post, whether you write, uh, whether you create a podcast, those long form content pieces are a great way to grab little ideas. So you could turn, you know, a couple of tips that you might have shared into a carousel on Instagram. You could turn part of it into a video for YouTube or whatever it might be. You could see which episodes got quite a lot of traction and you can create a poll in your Facebook group. And actually something I really like about podcasts is that in a lot of ways, it's similar to search engine style platforms like YouTube, which really are separate from social media because they don't rely on recency of content. If someone comes across your podcast and let's say you hadn't updated it for a while, which, you know, probably isn't recommendable, but let's just (laughs) say for whatever reason you hadn't or you've pressed pause on it they can still listen to your episodes. They can consume all that content, which hopefully will then drive them to reach out to you. So once that content is out there, it doesn't just disappear after a couple of days, it's there. And so it can keep working for you in the background. And I do think it's great for positioning. Something you said, which is absolutely true, is that people can listen to you on the go. A really huge part, I think, of building those relationships with complete strangers 
is to create a world that they want to enter and that they want to stay in. And if you can create the audio and the text-based stuff and maybe even video or, you know, if you've got that variety that they can choose from, then it, it just creates that lovely world and they can binge on your content. And audio, you know, it, it's it's the easiest. You can be doing whatever, stick some headphones in your ears and you can go ahead and listen. Um, and also, are you a ser- so you provide a service, don't you, for podcast um, production? That, and do you, do you help people as well if they want to um, launch a podcast, you coach them through that process? Yeah, absolutely. So we do like for our one-on-one clients, we do like a full service podcast launch. So we'll help them from like the very beginning of the planning stages and we do everything for them for the launch where essentially they're just recording and we are helping them with everything else. But then I also have an online course that teaches people how to do it themselves for anybody who does want to go that route too. Okay. So I always think that, you know, for service-based businesses, or if you have a course, podcasts are brilliant because it does keep give people that accurate try before you buy experience. But in your opinion, and as a kind of expert in this field, if someone sells products or if they sell, for example, a resource subscription, do you still think podcasting can be valuable for them? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I mean, the first thing I think of is a lot of the people we work with are TPT sellers. So they have like this library of, you know, single digital resources that people can buy. It's really great for podcasting because they can take a single resource and they can build one or several episodes around it. So now they can create an episode around this content. So I'm just going to think of an example here on the whim, but maybe somebody sells labels for classroom library to help you organize your classroom library. So they can do a podcast episode on ideas on how to organize your classroom library. And then in that episode, they can say, hey, if you want to make this process easier for you, I have this great resource in my TBT store that you can buy and and it's editable and it's done for you. And you can take everything that you've learned from this episode and you can apply it really quickly in your classroom. So these digital resources and your episode content, they do go really, really nicely together. That's a really nice insight. And also, I think that, you know, I have a lot of tutors who listen to this. And I think there's definitely that perception that young people don't listen to podcasts. So, you know, they're on YouTube or they're on Instagram or whatever. But what I've started doing of late, and I I wouldn't have thought of this unless I had a podcast, is I've started creating some audio lessons. So instead of teaching them something that I know they can learn independently, I just create a little, I suppose, a mini podcast episode for them. And it kind of starts training them to be receptive to audio content. They can stick their headphones in, have a pen and paper and start making some notes. And which is probably a nice um, change for them if they're looking at screens quite a lot. And so I think that if you're a tutor and you're thinking, I do fancy creating a podcast, but I really don't know if children are going to listen to this. I think that if you've got an existing client base, you can start training them to do that. And then, of course, they can recommend it to their friends. You can get some social proof, which will then encourage maybe other people to start listening. So you can create that culture change, even if it doesn't exist, purely because this is so low commitment. You're not really asking a lot from people to have a listen to an episode. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, podcasts are being used in classrooms more and more now. So it's definitely building 
building a buzz in in the classroom for these younger children. And also podcasts are really popular for parents too. So I mean, if you have a tutoring business where you are obviously working with children, I know people who have a podcast that they direct to parents because the parents also usually a lot of times want some strategies that they can use at home, but then that also connects really well with your services because they can hear that you're an expert and that you're really great at what you do, but they can also hire you. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Uh, Because as a tutor, you kind of have two target audiences, which is quite a unique position to be in, not just as a tutor, but if you're generally working with young people. And at least that way, you've got a way of speaking to the decision makers exactly, and you're giving them some real value. And for any listeners who have been contemplating starting a podcast and they're really not sure, in your experience, how does someone know if they're actually ready to start one? Yeah. So first of all, I think that there's two really important things that you do need to have. And I'm not talking about like any kind of tech yet, but like two things that you need to have in place. And number one is a niched audience. You need to know who you're talking to because it's going to make your content planning a lot easier. It's going to make your messaging a lot clearer. And really when you have a podcast, you I always like to think about it as – Anytime that you put out an episode, so if you do weekly episodes, you want your audience to look at your podcast in their phone and say, oh, this episode sounds great. It sounds like it's going to be really helpful for me. I definitely want to listen to it. And you want them to say that every time that you put out an episode. So if you can have a really specific, clear audience, then your content is always going to resonate with them. So that's number one, is to know who you're talking to and to know what their needs are. And then the second thing is, even if you're in your early stages of business, you need to have something that you are going to drive people to because if you're using your podcast for your business, you want to treat it like part of your business. You want to treat it almost like a business in itself. So you need to have like at least a lead magnet, a free download that you can be promoting on your show that you can drive people to to build your email list. Or you need to have some sort of paid offer, whether that's services or some sort of digital resource or a membership or something like that that is going to help you to see these results and see the ROI that you're going to get from your show. So those are like the two really big things. The other thing is just to be aware that podcasting is a it is work and it takes time and I know that you know that Samantha and you need to know that going into it. You need to know that it's going to be at least a couple hours a week of your time and that the process of recording, outlining, recording, editing Hopefully, you're writing show notes. And then also the promotion piece. So it's definitely a time commitment. If you do it right, it's well worth it. But knowing, going into it knowing that you need to have the time for it. There's something you said that I'd really like to pick up on, partly because my experience was different. So you said about how um, you think it's important that people should have a lead magnet or some kind of paid offer so that they've got that very clear call to action where they're taking people to. And I completely agree with you. However, when I started my podcast, I didn't have that. The only thing I was actually doing was one-to-one mentoring. 
But what I did have was a plan. So I knew I was mm-hmm. launching the Tutors Mastermind. I knew I was going to eventually launch the, tra- launch the training jukebox, which hosts courses and resources. So I knew all of that good stuff was coming. And I did this really intentionally because I thought, I don't want to flood my audience with, you know, almost consecutive days where I'm saying, today I'm launching my podcast, tomorrow I'm launching that, you know, I didn't want to do too many launches so close together. And so yeah. I did it that way around. I decided to first start with my podcast and just start kind of really yeah just building that relationship with people and then I then I started talking about my offers a little more so I think that what you said is absolutely true but if you don't have one you can still get started as long as you have a plan so that even if you can't say you know just click the link in my show notes to join the whatever you can say and coming very soon is x y and z click the link in the show notes to be the first to hear about it and you can collect email addresses. So as long as you've got that plan, I think you can still probably get started. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's such a good point, Samantha, is that as long as you know the direction that you're heading and who you're speaking to, absolutely. And I I think that the problem that sometimes happens is people – get really excited about wanting to start a show and they just kind of like jump in with no plan. And then they're kind of all over the place in their topics and who they're talking to. Whereas like you said, at least, yeah, if you have a plan and you know where you're going with this, then when that time comes, you have already had this lead up. And relationships are one of my favorite things to talk about because I think that is kind of the mindset that you should always have going into podcasting and really anything that you do in your business. I think relationships, relationship building is like the most important thing that you can do, just like you and I are doing right now, just like getting to know each other. And Samantha was just a guest on my podcast, but just building these like genuine relationships and always having that in the forefront of your mind when you're creating your content for your podcast, going in with that. Um, with that relationship in mind and and leading with value is always going to serve you and your audience. Yeah. And when, you know, we were talking about how do you know when when you're ready to start a podcast and I had this really interesting conversation with a client of mine. I know she won't mind me sharing it. She was, um, I said to her, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? You'd be so amazing at it. And she said, actually, I have. I've got one planning in, in, the, in the pipeline. And I asked her what it was going to be about. And she was going to talk about helping kind of education businesses with their business. So I was like, okay, but isn't what you offer totally different? And she was like, yeah. And and I was like, so why are you thinking of doing that? And she said, oh, you know, because I think I can help people. I was like, you, without a shadow of a doubt, can. You're an amazing business person, but it's not linked to what you actually offer. And so I think that you know, we can get really excited and really passionate about a topic. We want to talk about it, but ultimately we need to see a podcast as a business tool um, because it's, as you said, quite rightly, it's really hard work. And so we need to get results from this. This is not something that we want to experiment with for a year and not get results from. And so I think one of the ways is if you've got something that you offer and you can think of how you can talk around it. And actually, this is something I help people build. I'm going to help people build in my create content that converts strategy where you build content pillars, but not all of them are relevant to your offer, but they are relevant for your niche, for your audience. And so I think that as long as you've got a link, even if it's a loose link to what you offer, that's incredibly important. 
Otherwise, you can't talk about one topic and then give someone a call to action to do something completely unrelated. You haven't built authority in that area. And a lot of people, you know, they are hesitant to start their podcast because they're worried about the tech. And I'm really, really looking forward to hearing your answer to this, because in your opinion of working with people who get started, what do you think they need to get started? Yeah, that's a great question. And that is definitely something that scares people from podcasting is like, well, do I need all of this equipment? And the number one question I always get is like, it must be a lot of work to get your show to actually show up on all of these places like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Like, how does this all work? And I really want you to know that it is a lot more simple than you think. And I am of the mind that like, keep things simple. Don't make things more complicated than they need to be. So when it comes to tech, you truly only need a microphone. And I do recommend that you at least have a microphone. Some people will say that you don't need that. I do think that you need a microphone. You can get, like I'm using a USB microphone that all all it does is it plugs into your computer. It's got a pop filter on it so that your your voice sounds nice and clear. Your microphone plugs in, I'm sorry, your headphones plug into your microphone. So you need a mic, you need headphones, and you need a computer. And really that's it. I don't know about you, Samantha, what you use as far as programs, but I use Audacity to record my solo episodes. It's a free program. You download it one time onto your computer and then it it's there on your desktop. You pull it up you hook up your microphone and you push the red button and that's all you need to do to record. You can also edit right there on Audacity and it's totally free, which is really cool. Right now, Samantha and I are using a program called Zencaster for guest interviews. That's my top recommendation for guest interviews. Um, but then that's really all you need as far as equipment goes. Then you need a host for your podcast, just like your website has a host, your podcast needs a host. And that's where you will do your initial setup for your show. And that's the only place that you have to upload your episodes every single time that you release an episode. You do like this initial setup to all of the different platforms, but then moving forward after your show is out in the world, If you have a new episode out, you put it into your host and then it's like magic. Your host shoots it out to all the other places. You don't have to do that every single week. It really is as simple as that. Yeah, it was actually a lot simpler than I thought as well. Um, You know, I was sitting there for ages trying to learn on, 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 you know, I was doing Google searches and the reason why it took me ages is because I was convinced it was more complicated and that I was missing something. Yeah. And all I did was I I use Buzzsprout, but if you don't have the budget, you can use something like Anchor. And all you do is you Mm -hmm. sign up. They then give you instructions on how to sign up to the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so on. And then all you do is you upload your episode into Anchor or Buzzsprout, whatever you use, and it distributes it for you. It really, really is that simple. And I'm in complete agreement with you about the microphone. I bought a secondhand mic. Uh, it's a Blue Yeti mic, which a lot of podcasters are like, do not buy a Blue Yeti, but it's 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 fine for me. And it's, you know, it was great to get me started as well. I'm still using it. Um, and I do think the microphone is important because it's not like video content where someone can get to see you and they're seeing movement. It is only audio. And can you imagine in your ears having this intense sound that isn't high quality? 
it would actually grate on you after a while. And some of my early episodes, I recorded some beforehand. I was trying to be really organized. And it was before I had a microphone. And I thought, you know, my webcam, the mic's great. Oh my goodness, if you listen to some of those early episodes, you can hear the difference. You really can. It was with my interviews with other people. So yeah, I completely agree. If you're going to spend money, just even if you don't spend it anywhere else, spend it on your microphone. And, you know, Audacity is great because not only is it free, but it's so widely used. It's even taught in schools that there are loads and loads of YouTube videos and just video tutorials out there to teach you how to use it. I actually use something different only because I already had it. But if I didn't have it, then I probably would have started with Audacity as well. But what would yeah. you say to someone who just, okay, you know, we're saying how simple this this setup is, but what if they're just like, no, 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 you don't understand. For me, technology <laughs> is never simple. You know, if they're just not confident or they're not, they don't feel like they're tech savvy, what would be your advice to them? Yeah. So, well, first of all, I want to add that the other piece of this puzzle um, in terms of like making your episodes sound good is to make sure that you're just in a good space. Like you don't want to be in a huge room with hardwood floors because you're going to get that echo sound even if you do have a mic. So if you can be in like a smaller space, preferably a carpeted room um, or have like a rug down, really optimizing the space that you're in in combination with your microphone is going to give you really good sound and it's going to limit like the edits that you have to do because you're already going to sound good. There's not going to be like crazy editing that you have to do. Um, if you are like this, this still sounds really complicated. Number one, I would say to do like you can do a script or a really detailed outline for your episodes because that way you are going to have your notes right in front of you especially when you begin you can even start from like reading word for word with a script even people who have had podcasts for a long time still do this and it makes your audio a lot cleaner it makes your editing again it's going to be less time for editing but there are a million youtube videos out there that will show you exactly how to hook up your microphone and how to start on audacity i promise you i have worked with so many people who have never done this before and who are still like really really nervous to sit down and actually make this work and connect all of these pieces and they are able to do it with ease and they're always surprised at how easy it is. It truly is you take your mic cord and you plug it into your computer and there like I said there are so many videos out in the online space that you can watch that will like walk you through step by step. Yeah. And you know you mentioned about having a good space you know, I think that's important, but at the same time, you do have to work with what you've got. You know, I'm I'm in a carpeted room right now, but I live close to Heathrow Airport. I'm on a flight path yeah. and I just have to accept that every now and again, there's going to be this little rumble in the background um, that's going to be a plane flying past. I What I used to do is I used to record and I'm not exaggerating when I say that with less than five minute intervals, I would stop. And I'd wait for the plane to go by. And then I got fed up because doing one episode was taking me so long. So instead, I just accepted that, okay, it doesn't matter if there's a tiny little noise in the background every now and again. And actually, that's when having a good quality microphone kicks in. My microphone, 
only picks up directional sound. So it's right now, it's only picking up my voice. If I move to the side like this, suddenly you can't hear me quite so well because it's not picking up anything outside. It's Although it's round, it's not picking up anything outside of that. So actually quite a lot of planes have flown by during this episode and you probably didn't hear them. So having that good microphone can also help. But what you did say is putting the effort into having a good raw file, that first recording that you do, trying to make it as best quality as you possibly can will actually make the editing so much easier and especially if you're not confident with technology then it's going to make it a lot lot less intimidating but even if you're really tech savvy it makes it less time consuming as well doesn't it yeah absolutely and I just also want to say like this is scary. I, I haven't talked to anybody who start who has started a podcast and hasn't been scared about something. It's a new skill for the majority of us when you first begin. And it's okay to feel nervous and to feel like completely intimidated by this. But that's just like everything that we do in business. Everything is new. And that's when like really great things happen. So I would say like A, just validate that it's okay to be nervous or intimidated and really just like feel into that and just kind of go for it and know that it's going to get easier with time and you're going to get better at it the more that you do it. Yeah. And actually, you know, when you and I were talking earlier, I talked about how I kind of found my voice by using Clubhouse, which is an app where you it's real-time audio conversations. And so if it's something you're really not sure kind of how to do, practice. And there's nothing yes. better than being put on the spot. You know, with a podcast, you can script it, you can rehearse it. Earlier, I had a bit of a cough and Sarah had to stop and I'm going to just edit that out of this episode. Um, you yeah. can, it's actually easier than doing it live. Edit, editing is a beautiful it is, thing. It absolutely <laughs> is. And so, you know, if you want to have a little practice, you can practice on apps like that, take part in some live conversations. Um, you know, there are there are lots of ways to kind of warm up to it. And I'm going to I'm going to finish on a question that I think is really important. And you actually came up with this idea. And that is, do you think it's important to create a successful podcast if you're starting with a small audience? Yes, I love this question because I have a lot of experience with this <laughs> with this exact situation. If you are somebody who has a quote unquote small audience, I think, you know, with with Instagram, we are almost used to these huge numbers that people have on Instagram. And if we don't have that, sometimes we feel like, well, who am I to start a podcast? Like who is going to listen? Maybe you don't even have social media yet. I was somebody who I didn't start my email list until I started my podcast. And at that same point, I had just rebranded my business. I had started just like a brand new Instagram from scratch. So really, I was building this new business at the same time that I was starting my podcast. And in a way, that's been really cool to see because my business has grown along with my podcast. A lot of people think that you have to have a really large and established audience before starting your show, which is always great to have, but this the opposite can be true. You can start your podcast and have your business grow along with it as long as you have those things that we talked about, having a plan, knowing who you're talking to, having at least an idea of where you want to go in terms of what kinds of services you want to offer. But you can absolutely have a successful podcast 
going in with the mindset that this is going to take time. This is going to be a long game strategy, but it is going to be so worth it because like you touched on at the beginning of this episode, I believe, is that your podcast is evergreen and you are – especially if you have show notes on your website, you are increasing your searchability online. So by putting out this content, even if you feel like not a lot, or maybe if this might be true, that a lot of people aren't listening in the beginning, more people are going to begin listening over time. So it is absolutely possible to grow your audience as you grow your podcast, even if you're kind of starting from square one. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I won't say that I had a huge audience. In fact, I don't have a huge audience even now. I wouldn't say, you know, not when you compare it to like the Kardashians or something, you know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm, that's fine. I'm not aiming to be an influencer. But exactly. what has happened is since, you know, doing my podcast, my audience has grown and it's grown with the right people. And yeah. they're people who send me a message. I never used to get messages on Instagram and I, mm. I now get messages really regularly with people saying, oh, just want to say, I really love your podcast. And it always feels really strange because they're a stranger and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I've got complete yeah. strangers listening to what I'm saying. Um, but it's really exciting as well. It's grown my network. So it's kind of chicken and egg, isn't it? If yeah. you may not have a big audience, you can still launch a podcast and a podcast will grow your audience. Inevitably, it will grow your audience. Um, yeah. And it's one of your fast tracks to do it as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's always so amazing to get messages like that. Like sometimes you'll get a message from somebody that you've never talked to before and they'll say like, I've listened to every single one of your episodes and I've been listening for the last few months. But yeah. maybe it's the first time that they're actually reaching out. And I just I just love that you said I'm not aiming to be an influencer. And that's that is just so true. Like if you especially if you're offering one-on-one services to people, you don't need thousands and millions of podcast downloads for it to be a successful tool for your business. You don't need these huge massive numbers in order for it to be successful. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree and that's been my experience. So we're going to, I'm going to wrap up with a couple of things. Firstly, you have this really good free podcast launch guide. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and how people can access it? Yeah, absolutely. So yes, I have a free podcast launch guide and you can find it at podcastingforeducators.com slash launch guide. And it's a like 10 page or so PDF that really walks you through every step of the process. So it helps with some planning, some initial planning of your actual show. And then it also walks you through how to actually get your show set up on your host, how to submit your show, all of that techie stuff that we were talking about that I promise is more simple than you think. <laughs> and on the first page of that, it will link to some of my podcast episodes where I go in more detail about each of these steps. So the, the podcast episodes and the guide kind of work together. Do you know, I so wish I had come across that when I started. <laughs> I really do. It's, um, I, I, I mean, I'm really being honest here. That is really, really helpful because that was the hardest part of navigating. It was like this brand new thing. It felt like this whole new world. And I didn't really know what to start. I didn't even know what 
to enter in my Google search. Yeah. You know, so that would have been really useful. And I mean, I actually confessed to Sarah in, in I just guested on her podcast and I confessed that when I launched my podcast, I'd never actually listened to a single podcast <laughs> episode before. And um, and now I wish I had because I probably would have come across yours and I would have had that guide. Um, so thank yeah. you for that. And my last question is for, you know, I have a lot of education, educators and education business owners listening to this. Are there any podcasts that um, you'd recommend, apart from yours and mine, of course, um, are there any other podcasts that you'd recommend they listen to? Okay. Well, since I mentioned, I think I mentioned this client, this is one of my clients in the beginning of this episode, she was my first educator podcaster that I worked with. And that is, her name's Sarah Marie. It's called the Stellar Teacher Podcast. And it's fantastic. I definitely recommend it. It's for like upper elementary teachers, but a lot of parents listen to it as well. Nice. And actually that I'm really glad you shared that because I think it would give maybe some tutors or some educators some inspiration on the kind of things they can talk about because yeah. certainly in the UK I think that's a very untapped industry for podcasting. Yes. Yeah. Um so Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for your time and thanks for all your golden nuggets. And um I hope that we can do something like this again soon with a different topic about podcasting. I would love to talk about podcasting anytime. Thank you so much for having me. What a great conversation. I hope you're walking away with some clear ways to decide whether a podcast would be right for you and with reassurance that the setup side of things isn't as hard as you might think. A few key takeaways that I just want to remind you of are, number one, there is a lot of value in having a podcast for your business as long as you are really clear on who your ideal listener is, why they'd be interested in what you're talking about, and it's important to have somewhere to take your listeners to from your podcast, even if it's as simple as collecting email addresses so that you can let them know when your offer goes live, is a useful way to make your podcast a business tool and not a time-consuming hobby. The second takeaway is that you can start a podcast on a pretty low budget. It is worth investing in a good microphone. As I shared, I bought mine secondhand. And there are lots of free distribution hosts like Anchor that you can use to publish your episodes and have them distributed to all the major platforms. I use Buzzsprout, which I pay for, but there are plenty to choose from on the market. And finally, it's key that you have a clear focus if you want your podcast to attract clients. It's your ideal opportunity to demonstrate your expertise and to give people a try-before-you-buy experience. As always, thank you for listening and you'll hear from me next week. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas you can tailor to your education business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes or visit www.upgradeyoureducationbusiness.com.